Welcome to the Cone Zone. I'm Grant Cone. That's my dad, Lowell Cone. Before we get started, I want everyone to know that I bought my dad a new microphone. It's in his house. He just hasn't plugged it in yet. It was We tried it over the phone. It was a little tough, but I'm going to come over, and I'm going to plug And from now on, I know I promised this would be the, the day that he would have perfect audio, but from now on, he will have perfect audio. I just want to say that. Dad, you look phenomenal. The, the picture looks great. I want to say I take the blame for not being able to get it up and running the microphone. I am a, a moron about these things. And Iggy was very nice. And he said, don't worry, Dad. We, if you, I'll come over. Don't worry. And I was looking for the play. I couldn't find the place to plug it in. Anyway, I hope you can hear me. And we have some peachy keen topics to talk about today. Yeah, most of the show is going to be dedicated to the adjustments we think the 49ers should slash maybe will make coming out of the bye week. But until we get to – and we're going to talk about the Chargers too. But we, first got to talk about this news it's speculation. It's news. Jay Glazer from Fox said that uh, Odell Beckham Jr. will be fully cleared at, by the end of the week, and he expects there to be a bidding war for his services, and he expects the 49ers and the Cowboys and the Bills to be in that bidding war. Uh, if if Jay Glazer says something particularly about the 49ers, I just believe it. Um, so if they're going to be entering a bidding war for Odell Beckham Jr., do you think that's a good idea, Dad? I want to ask you a question about Jay Glazer. Is he the overdeveloped guy who sort of bulges out of his suit? Yeah, and he seems like he's had like eight cups of coffee, and he's on TV, and he's standing up, and he gives the news, and he's like, yeah. Matt. Yeah. And you say he does have a certain credibility with the Niners? I, I think he has just an impeccable track record with the 49ers. Whoever he's talking to over there really knows. Okay, great. Well, God love you, Jay. Um, here's what I want to say. First of all, how good is Odell Beckham Jr. right now? Uh, don't know. He tore his ACL less than a year ago. It's the second time he's torn that ACL. I had, Dr. Narav Pandya, been on my show a few times. You've seen yeah. him on the – he he's tweeted – Really smart. He tweeted, it's, look, for wide receivers, the first ACL uh, results in like a, a, a lack, uh, a, a diminishment in your athletic abilities. The second could be really bad. So he's 30, and we don't even know how good he is. He was diminished the first time. Okay. So what we have is almost certainly damaged goods. Oh, certainly damaged goods. Okay. That's one thing. On the other side of the scale, do the 49ers need another wide receiver? I mean, you always could use depth. The Niners have, uh, yes, you could always. Uh, do they need a wide receiver as much as they need a cornerback? No. Or a defensive tackle? No. Or an offensive tackle? No. But Debo's hurt. Well, he ha he's not having a great year. Hamstring issue. Um, what if Brandon Ayuk got hurt? I mean, you could always use another guy, but not. Nah. Okay. Uh, my gut feeling is I'm not all that enthusiastic about this. First of all, the guy's damaged. Second of all, he's he's a speed receiver, right? Yeah, he's not big. Jimmy, can Jimmy get him the ball where he needs to get him the ball? I mean, he's Fair not question. running his little routes over the over the middle. Uh, there's that, and plus, if I were in charge, and thank God I'm not, I'm looking at the offensive line. I mean, I I mean, first of all, they have Brandon Ayuk, who's terrific. They have Debo Samuel, who may end up being terrific. And Juwan Jennings is very good. He's very good. Why He's had good games in the playoffs for him. Yeah. So it doesn't seem to me – this seems like a splash move, but not a necessary move. And 
I would like to see an offensive tackle. It's not sexy, but man, I think it in the long run, it would solidify this team a lot more than yet another wide receiver and yet another 49er player coming with injuries. I completely agree with you, but the fact that it would be a sexy splash move makes me believe that the Niners want to do it because that's what Christian McCaffrey was. I mean, say what you want, good player, but not feeling a need, the kind of move that gets everyone talking about your team for a few weeks, it's the kind of move the Cowboys like to do. And on top of it, the Niners pretty much admitted that they paid a premium for McCaffrey because they didn't want him to go to the Rams as if the Rams were going to be a contender with Christian McCaffrey. Well, once again, if they're if they respect Odell Beckham Jr. and think he's still good, they might be afraid of him going to Dallas because they faced Dallas in the playoffs last year, or Buffalo because they might, you know, they may be thinking down the line, well, we can't let this these contenders get Odell Beckham Jr. That I, I, I could see them doing this. It would be I don't think they should, but it seems like completely on brand for their team this year. Something they would do. Okay, again, if they were to do it. Certainly, a, a lot of our co- colleagues would have lots of articles to write. And it's, it's and great. From a journalism point of view, it's it's absolutely wonderful. Oh, yeah, Getting it is. Odell Beckham Jr. would not hurt the team. It no. would, it would might it might improve it a little bit. It's not the move I think they should make. And we're agreeing on that, are we, Iggy? Right. But to your point, I mean, they don't have to give up a draft pick for him. The only thing is I've, I've read that he wants a multi-year deal, not just a, like a, a deal for the end of the year. If the Niners give him a multi-year deal, at, at what point at what point does Brandon Ayuk just be like, hey, are you going to pay everyone except for me? What about me? Is there anything left over for me at this point? I, I, I wouldn't give the guy coming off the torn a, second torn ACL a multi-year deal. If you want to go to Dallas, go ahead. Iggy, you think that's how players think? You think they notice that the other guy got a better deal? I think they're all in for the team, Iggy. Absolutely. And, and they're all willing to take less money. Wouldn't you agree? I think so. I think Brandon Ayuk sees all these people getting outrageous contracts and says, I'll be the one guy who takes way below market value just to keep the whole band together because we're a family. Yeah. I'm sure yeah. that – now, I don't know Brandon Ayuk, so I don't know what his feelings are, but I got to tell you guys, you people watching in, Everybody on a team is aware of everybody else's contract. And no matter what they say publicly, they're counting the pennies, the nickels, the dimes. And if they feel they're getting screwed, they're not happy. And I could see Ayuk, who has an unlimited future, being Mm -hmm. pissed if they bring in this guy, give him a multi-year contract, and he's hurt. This is sort of like a a special, a Balky special. Bring in a guy who's hurt and give him a multi-year deal. Also, it's a way to suppress Brandon Ayuk's numbers and suppress his earning power. So wow. they don't even throw that much to begin with. He has to split targets with Kittle, Debo, and now McCaffrey. And then you bring in Beckham. You're not bringing him in for one or two throws a game. You're bringing him in for five or six. So now it's like, Ayuk, we love you, but be a team player and be happy with these four or five targets a game. Uh, and he could even say yes. Cause, but then when it's time to negotiate a contract, they'll be like, man, you only got four or five targets a game. Right? You know, you're always smarter than I am, and you're always a step ahead. That's exactly how it works. Of course. He's not only thinking about money. He's thinking about opportunities. Of course. He's cutting in on my time. Yeah, why do we need him? I mean, I already don't get enough targets. I already don't get the ball enough because of the coach and the quarterback, all of it. Also, it's not just Brandon Ayuk who thinks like who thinks these things through. It's the agent. It's his job. So anyway, don't get Beckham. It's unnecessary. Okay. So what Grant and I are saying is get somebody, sure. Sure. And if you get Beckham, he, he might improve the team somewhat. But 
cornerback, offensive tackle, me, I would say those are more urgent, obvious, and pressing needs. Right, because the, the big point is the Niners, are they need to win the Super Bowl this year. And what we said with the McCaffrey thing is, you know, nice player, but it's we don't think it's necessarily the move that's going to put you over the top, a different running back who's better. Again, Odell Beckham Jr., nice player if healthy. Is this going to make the Niners Super Bowl favorites? Not necessarily the way a, a, no, a new right tackle might or a new cornerback might. Those are, those are moves that would just move the needle, to use a bad cliche, a little bit more. Yeah, move the needle. Is a, there is it's so a really bad one. In football that yeah. you, you can, it's a minefield of cliches, but move the needle. <laughs> and and the question about uh, Beckham Jr. is how much upside he has. He's got <laughs> – He's an upside guy, and he's a football player. <laughs> Don't you love the answer say, he's a football player? No, I thought he was a badminton player. Sometimes I feel like those announcers get hired based on which ones can string together the most cliches in a row without yeah. stuttering. He's a north-south runner. That's important. East-west runners are the worst. <laughs> All right, so the Niners are coming off a bye week. They usually, uh, during the bye week, team self-scout. They look at what they've done, and they try to figure out what worked and what didn't and what they should feature moving forward. So we did some self-scouting of the 49ers as well because we're quality control. We're going to go back and forth and give the 49ers suggestions of what they should do or not do the next half of the season, starting with my dad. Okay, not what they should or shouldn't do. It's what we hope they have decided to do. There you go. Yeah, because look, they have a 4-4 four and four record. That's the definition of mediocrity. You can sure. say they're better than the four and four team. I'm not arguing. I'm saying their record is four and four. You can look it up. They need probably to make some changes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say number one for me would be terminate the experiment with Debo Samuel as a running back um, f- for a couple of reasons. First of all, I think the league caught on and he's not that good anymore at it. Second mm-hmm. of all, you already got the quarterback hurt doing that. You're going to get this guy hurt. You can certainly use him as a running back in odd situations, as as a, a, a decoy occasionally, yeah. but not the way they had been doing it in the past. You're risking really hurting a tremendous athlete. Plus, you got a lot of running backs. Elijah Mitchell is coming back. They got CMC. I would say stop that experiment. You needed it when you were pressed. It's over with. Don't do it anymore. What do you think, Iggy? I completely agree. You did it last year because you needed it. The season was going down the tubes. Mostert was hurt. Uh, you needed another running back because th- he feels he needs two really good ones. And so Debo and Elijah Mitchell were the were the pair. And I think also Mike McDaniel being the offensive coordinator, that was his thing. That was his little trick. He figured out how to make it work. He's gone. It's not working anymore. And they don't need him because they have Elijah Mitchell and Christian McCaffrey and two other uh, rookies who could step in too. So if it's not working... To your point, it's a huge risk. You're paying him wide receiver money to be a special wide receiver. You can't take that risk anymore when you're getting no reward. So it needs to end. Unless you can find one carry a game where you, he might get a touchdown. But even then, like, are you telling me he's a better option than Christian McCaffrey in any situation? Probably not as a running back. Yeah. Um, I would say as a change of pace, one time a game, it's, a great, it's a great idea. Not more than one time a game. And you also um, said as a decoy. I like that idea too. Yeah. They never do that. Whenever he's in the backfield, he gets the ball. <laughs> yeah. So there's lots of ways you can use the threat of him without threatening him. 
The problem is you take away the running back stuff. He's not really getting down the field like he – he doesn't really get down the field. Uh, he's dropping the ball. He needs to step up his game a little bit. If he's going to be just a wide receiver, he needs to drop fewer passes, get open more, and, and stop pulling his hamstring. He's having a – not a down – a down season by his standards, I would say. Yeah, okay. Let's hope that in the bye week he got his head straight and maybe yep. he worked out and he's he's rounding into shape. That would right. be a, another big change. They, uh, As a subtopic, they need Debo Samuel to be Debo Samuel in the second half of the season. Right. Right. They were they were using him too much the first half of the season. It wasn't working. Now you can sort of dial it back and build it up to the playoffs. Because if he's playing well in January, the Niners have a great chance to win. Absolutely. All right. I'll give a suggestion. So we just talked about Debo Samuel. I want to talk about Christian McCaffrey, the new player, the savior for the 49ers offense. He was great before the bye week. Um, he was just destroying the Rams. And then... The Niners were up big, and he kept getting the ball, and I felt it was like the one off note of the game. Too many touches for Christian McCaffrey in a blowout, 27. That can't ever happen again, ever. It don't need it to happen. No, I'll take it back. If they need him to have 27 touches in a playoff game, by all means, do what you got to do in a playoff game, but not in October against the Rams who suck. The, look at the, the schedule. The Niners can win these games while using Christian McCaffrey in a moderate prudent way and then unleash him in the playoffs because if he's hurt by then even a little bit the chances of winning are way lower uh that's a pretty easy one don't give him the ball 27 carries in a regular season game that you're winning by a lot i 100 percent agree with you iggy and i would also point out he is a marvelous running back who can catch and he is very deceptive he he can avoid tackles but he's not a big guy no. and um if you keep running him Every run is a risk. He's been hurt a lot. Yeah. And he's a special weapon, and you want to be able to keep him special. So I agree with you. Um, well, I guess it's interesting. There's a little theme that we have going here is, Kyle, with Debo and Christian, you have really special athletes. Use them prudently and don't overuse them. Right, and I think there's a risk of him overuse, of Kyle overusing McCaffrey because – when he made the trade, the one criticism of the trade was you gave up too much. This is too expensive for a running back. How can you justify this trade? Well, the person who made the trade is the person who calls the plays. And he can justify it by making Christian McCaffrey the offensive player of the week like he did last week. Three touchdowns, 180 yards. Well, that's great, but you don't need to justify this trade. You can't. First of all, you can't justify the trade with performances in the regular season. It's a Super Bowl. That's the goal. So um, don't try to beef up his beef up his stats by running him in the fourth quarter when you don't have to. Just if you get him through a game and you win and he's healthy, that's the win. That's all you need. That's the way I look at it. And also in the fourth quarter, if you weigh up in a game, use the the, the uh, rookie. Uh, yeah. What's the point? What do you have them for if you don't right. use them? Right. It, you know, it, it, it's the same thing. Last year he could have used Trey Lance. In right. situations, and he doesn't. Right. So what we're really suggesting, Kyle, that when it's garbage time, get your good players out and get your other young players on the field. Right. And the thing is, you just traded Jeff Wilson Jr. because you felt your backfield was too deep and too talented to have him on the team. Jeff Wilson Jr. is really good. Played well for the Dolphins this this year. Don't tell this week. Don't tell me that Christian McCaffrey is the only person you trust 
up big in the fourth quarter. You have Elijah Mitchell coming back. He's never fumbled his, in his entire career, and you just push Jeff Wilson Jr. off the roster to make it room for him. Use him as the battering ram up two touchdowns in the fourth quarter, not McCaffrey. That's all I'm saying. I'm with you. All right, your turn. Okay, this is another one. It's a pet peeve of mine. Kyle, if you're watching, and I know you are, <laughs> I would suggest that you no longer have Jimmy throw those high, deep, long passes down the field. Every time I I see him winding up, I know it's going to be incomplete. Yeah. I, I mean, in fact, if you want to know the truth, Kyle, I kind of giggle. Yeah. Because I really admire Jimmy. I, I think he has such a fighting spirit. He's not good at that. No. It's 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 a play that it's never well established. It's well established. <laughs> the results are in. The results are in. Yeah. And that's why I think you had McCaffrey throw the long pass against the Rams because he's probably better than Jimmy at it. So I think that's 100% correct, Ed. That's what I thought. The minute I saw it, I thought that that's a pass Jimmy can't throw. This kid could throw it. The so running back. What I'm saying, Kyle, is let's get your feet on the ground here. Jimmy can do a lot of things really well. When you ask him to throw long, it's either too short and the guy has to come back and doesn't have a chance. It's too short and and one of the defensive backs can get it or it's way too long and he achieved it with all his might. It's a useless play, so drop it from your repertoire. Do you yeah, I do. And if you got to throw deep, let Christian McCaffrey do it. Right. He's, he's proven that he can do it. And, you know, uh, some teams use the Wildcat. You know, the, the New England, the, the New York Giants do it with Saquon Barkley. The Niners could do it every once in a while with Christian McCaffrey because he's a throwing threat too. Anytime you need to throw deep, he could, he's an option. I bet there's other players on the offense that secretly have a better arm than Jimmy too. So, I like that. Like maybe Debo has a better arm. He might. It's, Debo it's, threw a touchdown pass against the Rams last year. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm saying if you want to be really clever, have the deep – Keep the deep pass, but just keep it away from Jimmy. Yeah, that's another way to use Debo, Sammy. We were saying you can't use him as a running back anymore. No, use him as a quarterback. <laughs> I like that. McCaffrey, Debo, now you guys are playing quarterback. Jimmy Garoppolo, you're a decoy. I think that's great. See, we have great we have great suggestions. The Niners owe us a nickel for each of these so far. I, I think so. so. Okay, now your fourth suggestion. And then we'll, and then we'll take some questions. Uh, we're going to go defense. We've been... Just helping Kyle Shanahan with his the genius. We're helping the genius with his offense. Now we've got to talk to D'Amico Ryan's. Man, my notebook. Okay, so I had a notebook. Yo, I, okay, I got stats. So D'Amico, how he's using his cornerbacks is key. The first five games of the season, the Niners had the best defense in the league, partially because D'Amico trusted Emmanuel Mosley and Traverius Ward. Played very aggressive bump and run coverage. There were no quick, easy throws for quarterbacks. They had to hold the ball in the pocket. Niners have a great pass rush. It was hell for the other team. Mosley went down. All of a sudden, D'Amico lost his nerve. And he's thinking, oh, I don't trust. I don't trust D'Amador Lenore. I don't trust my cornerbacks out there. Let's just play off. Let's get nine yards off, play zone coverage. Don't give up any big plays. All right, they did that. And they gave up uh, 13 of 14 completions to Marcus Mariota in a 140-something rating. 25 of 34 to Mahomes. And then 17 of 21 to Stafford in the first half. Then he changed. He adjusted. Started pressing again, shut down the Rams. But for those two and a half games, the Niners gave up an 80% completion percentage and a passer rating of 132. So I understand the conservative mindset like, ah, this corner isn't as great. I can't trust him. He'll give up big plays. Well, the other thing doesn't work. The Just play off and just try to keep things in front of you. That thing is just suicide. 
So I know you don't have the cornerbacks you want or the cornerback you want, D'Amico, but you got to play aggressive and trust your players. It's the only option you got. Otherwise, you're going to lose to the Chargers. You're going to lose the Chargers this week if you play that soft zone coverage. But I give him credit. He figured out in the second half of that game, and I think he'll go. He'll figure it out going forward. But the only reason I bring it up is because the Rams have terrible receivers other than Cooper Cup. It was easy to be like, okay, they're not going to hurt us. What about when you go against a, good, a team with good receivers? Will he have the nerve to play aggressively, or will he do this? I understand what you're saying. That soft zone coverage is sort of slow suicide. It's slow suicide. It's like... Eight-yard pass, eight-yard pass, eight-yard pass. Team never gets off the field. They convert another third down. And and you look up, and it's like Nick Bosa has no sacks. The Niners' defense has no sacks. Like, well, why not? Are they having a bad game? No. The ball's coming out instantly every time. That's what happened in, that's what happened in Atlanta. And I remember someone asked uh, Kyle Shanahan about the pass rush in the next, on, the, on the conference call the next day, and he was like, well, they only threw the ball 14 times, and the ball came out really fast every time. So there were really no opportunities to rush the quarterback. If you play – Bump and run coverage, you at least give the defensive line a chance to make an impact. Problem is you give up big plays if you don't get there. But what are you going to do? You got you to choose something. You got to choose something. You got to choose something. So <laughs> choose, choose that. Choose press aggressive coverage. Those are all our suggestions. If you do those four things, the Niners will win the Super Bowl. It's that simple. <laughs> all right, let's take a couple questions. Uh, Matthew Selinger. Says Lowell, is Jimmy G in the playoffs similar to what Bill Walsh allegedly described about Steve DeBerg? He's good enough to lose. I happen to believe that. And I think the Niners believe that, which is why they spent three first round picks to try to re- replace him. Yeah. Right. Um, I, I want to say one thing. Um, I admire Jimmy. Mm-hmm. So, in a way, you know, calling him like. Also, Steve DeBerg is a very nice man. Um, but I admire Jimmy, but I, I do happen to feel that way. I want to tell you a quickie story about Steve DeBerg. Yeah. You know, Montana, when he first started, used to to actually talk quite a lot. It was maybe he got burned a lot by the media. Maybe he got burned by me and Ira. I, I don't know. But he told me early on. Now, I think he likes Steve DeBerg, but he said you know, whenever we go out to the field, Steve is the one who grabs the ball. He has to have the ball. And, um, you know, I, I, I look for, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And like he was in charge. And I, Joe absolutely told me that. And he said it with a little bit of just a shrug. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know why. why Because had- from DeBerg's perspective, it reinforced the pecking order. I'm the starter. But from Montana's perspective, it's like, dude, but I'm better than you. Like, you're not going to be. What matters is how you play, not who grabs the ball first. So just just wait a second, and I'll, I'll play you, and then I'll take your job, and I'll be the greatest of all time. Yeah. I can only imagine. Yeah. Okay. Um, what did I want to say? Oh, I wanted to say the thing with, with Jimmy. Like, yeah, he, I was a Warrior fan growing up. And um, when they went to the playoffs in, when I was a, in, in uh, college, I loved Baron Davis. That whole team was wonderful. They hadn't been to the playoffs in 15 years. Baron Davis ultimately wasn't good enough. If he was the best player on your team, you weren't going to win a championship. And that's kind of like Jimmy. You could admire him. I mean, he brought the Niners back from being terrible. But probably if he's your quarterback, you're probably going to fall short at some point in the playoffs. Um, Although the ride might be fun along the way. 
The difference between Baron and Steph Curry is like what the Niners are trying to go to. They got Baron, and they're trying to get Steph. And I'm not saying Trey Lance is that, but that's why they're trying to give him a chance. I love your analogy, Iggy. I think it's spot on. Thanks. Adam Paul says I'm choosing Ayuk over Odell Beckham. That's an easy decision. Ayuk's like 23. The other one's yep. 30. Easy. Um, Sheridan Milestone says, happy bir- belated birthday, Papa Cone. Hope it was a great one. Love the content y'all make. Thank you so much. Moonman says, how about Debo at punt returner and kick returner? It helps better than three. I like that. You know, they always say, oh, you, you can't play your best players at kick return to punt returner. It's too dangerous. Oh, but you play them at running back? That's not dangerous? I mean, I think it's a it's a good way to get – it's a good way to make those plays dangerous, and I would do it. Relic says, do you think our new wide receiver Tajay Sharp will play? He's on the practice squad. No, I don't. Maybe if someone gets hurt. Larry Johnson says the Niners should sign Mike Hawk. Oh, he got me to say it. Mm-hmm. He got me to say it. Ezio Sanchez says Debo drops too many passes and it's not a burner. Uh, is not a burner. What about keeping him in the same role? Maybe take some carries back, add depth with OBJ. Adding OBJ keeps him from going to a competitor. As my dad said, it wouldn't make it wouldn't hurt. Wouldn't hurt. It wouldn't but hurt. I think more of Debo than that. Debo, when he gets the ball. I'm going to say in space. That's another cliche. I yeah. always see someone running near Neptune or Mars. When he gets the ball in space, he's very hard to tackle. And I would think guys don't even want to tackle him. It's unique. I've never seen people shy away from tackling a wide receiver like that. Yeah. He doesn't run around people. He runs through them like bowling pins. Yeah. And and he's don't forget how unique his ability is. Right. And if you don't need him to be like the do everything number one receiver, number one running back in your offense, and he can just be the gadget player he is, he can still be the guy who wins the game for you. Yeah. Jason says next week, same common denominator trade Kyle Shanahan. If they lose to the Chargers, yeah, people are going to start talking about that, but I don't expect them to lose to the Chargers. We're going to talk about that in a minute. But yeah, Kyle, no pressure. Jay Talk says does does Niners trade for CMC if trade doesn't get if trade doesn't get hurt? We'll never know. We will never know. Sorry. That's a hypothetical I can't answer. Another thing. I'll tell you why we'll never know. They're never going to reveal it. But also, I don't have any feel for how that bunch makes decisions. Let me say this. When Bill was running the show, a lot of people think, well, he conferred with John McVeigh, Sean McVeigh's grandfather, and they would decide on trades. I don't think that's true. John McVeigh was a lovely lovely gentleman. I really liked him. And I think he handled contracts. And I think part of his role was to keep Bill calm. John McVeigh was a very calm person. And Bill was mercurially get nervous, he'd get upset. And I think John really kept him, uh, his feet on the ground. But in terms of personnel and of trades they made, that was Bill. That, that was Bill. Right. Uh, I, I get. We don't know what happens with the Niners now. Is it Kyle? Does he? How much does he confer with John Lynch? How much power does John Lynch have? How much input does Jed York have? Iggy, I don't have the slightest idea. I have no idea. I get the feeling that when Kyle says, "I need so and so," we're getting so and so. He gets it, but I don't know when he when he when he makes those decisions. I don't know. We still don't know if he wanted Trey Lance, right? There's some people think, well, maybe he didn't want him, or maybe the way he used him proved he didn't want. Like, you Who can knows? convince yourself of anything. 
Reef West says, sweetie, please download an audio compressor so I can listen at work. You're about to get me caught up, bruh. I don't know what an audio compressor is, but I'll Google it. I've never heard that, those two terms back to back. I'll check it out. All right, let's talk about the Chargers. The Chargers have, the Chargers are really interesting. They just, they have a winning record, unlike the 49ers. They have a really good quarterback, and they just beat the Falcons, who beat the 49ers. That being said, this is a game the Niners should win comfortably, I would say. Because the Chargers have a bunch of injuries. Like The Niners are always the injured team. People talk about, oh, you know, not now. They're coming off a bye week. All their injured players are coming back except for Emmanuel Mosley. Most of them are coming back. And the Chargers are the one missing their top corner, their top wide receiver. Uh, they're the team that's injured. Uh, they have they can't stop the run at all. They have one of the worst run defenses in the league. They're one of the f- worst coaches, worst coached teams in the league. That guy might get fired at the end of the year. Um, the Niners should win this game. The, the Seahawks beat them by two touchdowns like three weeks ago. Are, if the Seahawks can do that, can't the Niners do that? It sounds like it. When you say that the Chargers can't stop the run, that that really stands out to me. If you can't stop the run against any team, you're in trouble. I mean, real trouble. But if you can't stop it against the 49ers, it allows Kyle to do everything he wants to do. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. It's really hard to beat him that way. And I think uh, they this is a game the Niners could score 27, 30 points. Like last week. What is the Chargers run game like? Uh, they have a very good running back. His name is Austin Eckler. He's a lot like Christian McCaffrey. He's kind of small, built up, good receiver. He's a lot like Christian McCaffrey. So they got that going for him. And they have a hell of a quarterback in Justin Herbert. But that's about it. Unless Keenan, you know Keenan Allen. He used to be at Cal. He's a hell of a player. Uh, 30 years old. Hamstring injury. I don't know if he's going to play. He didn't play last week. Uh-huh. Yeah. Other thing, their coach is this guy named Brandon Staley. Uh, they hired him in the same cycle that the Jets hired Salah. They hired the wrong guy. Brandon Staley came, like he was coaching in college a few years ago. Vic Fangio discovered him, brought him into Chicago as an off as an outside linebacker coach. Somehow became the defensive coordinator for the Rams for one year, and then he became head coach. Wow. And now he's failing miserably, and his defense is even worse than his offense. But he is. He knows the Niners. He's familiar with them. He was with the Rams. He is a Vic Fangio disciple, so he can talk to Vic about what to do this week. And um, remember last year when I was in Costa Mesa for the joint practices and I met, ran into John Fox at the, yes. uh, at the hotel? He was there because I think Brandon Staley was on his staff with the Bears. Fangio was on his staff. Staley was on his staff. So he was there to help Staley and watch practice. So Staley does have people he can talk to, you know, like uh, we always talk about who's in your Rolodex. He's got a Rolodex, but man, he's terrible, at least so far. Should have Salah. Um, okay. Let me ask you a question. Yes. We both think the Niners are going to win. Mm-hmm. If, God forbid, <laughs> the Niners lose this game, what would it mean to you? It, it would mean that they are the disorganized, inconsistent mess that we sort of fear they might be. I mean, they're one in four outside of their division. That would mean that there's something inherently off with this team, that they're never going to be as good as the sum of their parts. Maybe not never, but coming off a bye week, you had two. 
two weeks to prepare for this team that's really mediocre at best. It just got blown out by Seattle, and you couldn't beat them? I don't know. It seems to me like, okay, so you can only really play well against the teams you know in your division. The Seahawks, the Rams, the teams that you have game plans from last year. And something about this coaching staff. Is, I mean, all the, the fears that we, the, the concerns that we brought up during the two-game losing streak would come back, and you're thinking okay. this team is a fraud. Okay, but I don't want the people watching us to think we're being negative. I just raised it as a, a point of discussion. In fact, Iggy and I both feel the Niners will win comfortably. So let's do the other way. If the Niners would win comfortably and do really well, what would you think about the team going forward in its push toward the playoffs? Then I would think that this team is starting to look a lot like the team from last year that started off slow, didn't quite know which players to play or how to feature them, but they figured it out over the course of the first half of the season, stayed, they treaded water, they got hot down the street, they found an identity, they won game, let's like last year. And, but would that mean that they're now going to win the Super Bowl on the like last year? No, I wouldn't necessarily say that. So I think it's possible that they have a weak schedule, that they've found an identity, and they can go on a run. But that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to beat Philly if they meet Philly in the NFC Championship game. Or the Chiefs if they meet them in the Super Bowl. I don't know that. But if they beat the Chargers, I'm thinking, okay, this is a team that can go at least to the playoffs. Right. And there is there are still nine games to go. And if this team is finding itself, it could actually improve week by week. So we don't know how they would perform against other teams. And, well, we know how they performed against Kansas City, but we don't know about Philly. And I'm not entirely sold on Philly anyway. Um, I, yeah, who knows? They haven't proven anything in the playoffs. They're new. Yeah. They're young. They're new. Yeah. So what I think is, do I think this is a crucial game? Probably not. But I think it's it's a game a diagnostic game. It'll tell us a hell of a lot about this team. And that's what I like. There's not many games in the NFL. Every game is a learning experience. I will know more about the 49ers after Sunday night right? than I will. Right. Although I got to tell you guys, I'm not actually going to be watching the game because <laughs> this Sunday night, I'm getting inducted into the Northern California Jewish Hall of Fame. And... Right. Um, so Iggy is going to go to the game because I told him to. He wanted to go to the thing, but I, I told him, no, you got to do your job. Ira Miller is flying in from New York. I have two presenters, and uh, uh, I wanted two Jew boys. So Ira Miller is flying in from Chicago, and Barry Tompkins, uh, is, they're going to be my presenters. And um, other people getting in, inducted are Larry Bear from the Giants, and Jack Peterson uh, is a Jewish guy, and he went to Pali High, Palo Alto High School, his older brother, Champ, is being inducted and some other people. So uh, I won't watch the game, but Iggy promises that before our show next week, I can come by his house Monday night and watch a speeded up version. You know, no commercials. Get him out of the huddle. Let's Hey, let's get him to the line of scrimmage so I can yeah. actually, you know, not be bullshitting and know what I'm talking about. So I'm going to go next Monday night to Iggy's house and he'll show me the game and then we'll, we'll be able to talk about it. Congrats on being inducted in the Jewish Sports Hall of Fame, Dad. It's I'm very proud of you. Um, I want to say something. Come back to something you said earlier about the diagnostic. I like that concept. Di- there's only 17 games, and some games you learn more about a team than others. And what I think was kind of amused me about the last couple of weeks was 
they beat the Rams. They have a bye week. Every, you go into this week off with all these good feelings because you won. How much did we really learn about the Niners? They beat the Rams again. They've done that eight times in a row. We knew that they – I mean, you called it. I don't know why I picked the Rams. You called it. Yeah, I couldn't see them losing to the Rams. No. You know, Iggy, you're bringing up a very good point. Was that game a diagnostic? It's unclear. Because the Niners I mean, it's a game. Yeah, it's a game. They won. But, like, what does it mean? That means that they still beat the Rams all the time. And didn't the Rams just get beat again? Yeah, they're terrible. They're awful. They're not a measuring stick for anyone. They just lost to the Bucks. Yeah. So yeah, Brady, let's talk about let's talk yeah. about diagnostics. The Chargers are an interesting one because a few weeks ago the Niners lost to the Falcons. The Falcons lost to the Chargers. It's possible the Niners aren't as good as either of those teams, or the Niners were just banged up and now they're healthy and they've found an identity and they're gonna just steamroll these teams. So it's one or the other. I think we all think that it's the second one. They were hurt, they got healthy, they found an identity, they got Christian McCaffrey, they're gonna win a bunch of games. That's what we kind of expect, but if it doesn't happen that way, then we have to go back and look at Denver and Chicago and Atlanta and be like, those were not flukes. They were not flukes. You know, you're, I love the point you're making, and what you're saying is after eight weeks, we don't know which team the Niners are. No clue. It's to be decided. No clue. Yeah. Like their best win is against Seattle week two, and Seattle's a whole different team now. They uh, have some bad losses, and their wins are against Carolina and the Rams. It's like... We like their roster, though. Still a really good roster, so they they have the potential to win the Super Bowl or miss the playoffs. We don't know. I want to say in every one of the Niners, Niners losses, except against the Chiefs, I was completely shocked that they lost the game. They were I close. A team this good with a coach allegedly this good should win those games. And yeah. when they lost, it was like, shake my head. Except against the Chiefs. They're legit. Yeah. Uh, so I the point you're making – and. It's probably a very good way to end this is after eight weeks, we have feelings about the 49ers, but we don't know for sure, and we don't know who the team is. And then what makes it even more complicated is let's say the 49ers squeak into the playoffs at 10-7 and 7, or roar into the playoffs at 13-4. and 4. We still don't really know how they're going to match up against the best teams in the league because they haven't faced many of them. It's a very interesting season. Yes, we certainly don't know how they'll look against Philly, and we Dallas. don't know how they would look against Buffalo. Uh, and we do Dallas. know Dallas, Minnesota. Dallas. Although we yeah. they faced some teams in the, in the past, but this, I mean, so far this year, those are some teams that are good. Yeah, Minnesota yeah. is better than I thought they would be. Minnesota's better. The Dallas is better than last year. They could get Beckham. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, it's it's going to be very interesting. I mean, is this? Is this a different Niners team, or is this the same one that keeps... I, I keep comparing it to an NBA team. Like, you know that team that makes it to, like, the third round of the playoffs every year but can't quite make it pass, and they're like, well, maybe if we just give it one more chance. That's been the Niners for about four years. I, I don't know. Maybe they just needed one more chance. <laughs> maybe Christian McCaffrey is the difference, and I was totally wrong. I, we may have to give out a lot of apologies this year, but I'm not going to do it yet. Not prematurely. To Christian. To Christian. Christian. All right. Let me. What? I, here's what I wonder. And we have to. Here's what I wonder. Yeah. And I don't know how this stuff works. I don't know where Christian McCaffrey lives. Okay. Uh huh. Uh-huh. He was. He must have been in Carolina, right? I mean, he had a condo. At some point. Yeah. Okay. So now he comes out here, 
Uh-huh. Where does he live? I mean, do you get a hotel room? Um, do you do you get a condo? I, I I never had money like these people. Or he went to Stanford. Does he have a pal who lives in Palo Alto and he lives at his house for a while? That's I a good wonder question. if that works. Yeah. I wonder if he would actually tell, like if you could actually ask him those questions or if he would feel it's too, I don't know him. Uh, my I, guess I, is, I don't, if I were him, I wouldn't tell. Right. Uh, I, and not I'm not business. trying to get him to tell. Yeah. I just wonder, you know, everybody thinks it's a very glamorous lifestyle. Little things like that are pretty tough. I have a guess. Hotel. I have a guess hotel. Hotel. I yeah. get, he's got a spot in Carolina. And also I got another guess. I don't think he's moving out here full time. Very few people do. I think maybe Jimmy has a place out here. Kyle, like the coach does, the GM does. Otherwise, it's not San Francisco. It's not Oakland. Nothing against the South Bay. But it's not LA. It's very expensive, though. It's ex- as expensive as all of those places. And a lot of the players are like, you know what? I'm just going to buy where I'm from. I'll go back to Mississippi or Nebraska, wherever I'm from, and live like a king. Absolutely. And yeah. when they see the prices here, like the price of gas, I was in Arizona a few uh, a few days ago. It's like two dollars a, a, a gallon cheaper, uh, yeah. it, I, and they were complaining. My friends, I thought, boy, I'd like to pay what they're paying, uh, and also the housing costs in Arizona are much cheaper. Uh, where Texas. we live here is like really, really hard. On the other hand, it's wonderful, and um, maybe it's worth the price. I think it is. But think about it from the perspective of a player who get not McCaffrey, who's already gotten his money, but a player who gets drafted, say, third round, and you're from Alabama, and makes no difference where you go. You have no emotional ties to California. You get drafted here, and you realize that you're going to be making 13% less than your teammate who got drafted to the Raiders because there's no uh, state tax in Nevada, but there is, and it's the highest in the, in the country in California. And you might cry because, I mean, you're, you're only, what, it's not for long, right? You're only going to get two or three years in the league, maybe. I mean, that's the average. And 50% goes to taxes and your agents. You might come out of your NFL career with like a couple million dollars or, or less that you made. For, yeah. That has to last the rest of your life. Yeah. Yeah, it's rough. It's, it's rough. tough. And, it's and tough. you don't think of these things. So McCaffrey has money. That's obvious. But yeah. it must be awkward. You know, you're in a hotel. You go down for breakfast. <laughs> Every you're, you're day. Home for dinner. And yeah. it's, it's a, a hard life. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then, so yeah, what he'll end up doing is probably getting a condo that he lives in half the year and then leaves. That's probably what. I think yeah. George Kittle has a place he lives in in Nashville. And I don't know. I mean, I cover the 49ers. I don't live in Santa Clara. <laughs> <laughs> I commute. I'd rather commute than live. Sorry. Yeah, it's, I mean, Santa Clara to me is a strip mall. I mean, I, some people probably live there. But mostly is it's a place to do shopping. So maybe that's why... The, the stadium isn't as successful as they uh, thought it would be. Yeah. But they do have In-N-Out Burger, which I think they make some tasty burgers, Dad. I like an In-N-Out Burger. I know where you get the reference tasty burger from. Well, that's true. I mixed my metaphor because that, that's a Pulp Fiction reference. But the, the In-N-Out Burger reference is from Big Lebowski. Those are some good burgers, Donnie. Yeah, you, you, mix, you mix your movies. That's true. I mixed my movies up. Joey Mellon says, don't worry, Grant. Pat McAfee show still sucks. That's true. It does suck. You know, I got to tell you, I I didn't know anything about this Pat McAfee, but he went after Iggy, you know, with the whole the Ken Law thing. And so I watched him. I mean, I had heard of him as a player, but I got to say, Iggy, you know, the way people portray themselves, this guy's a buffoon. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I, 
tried to watch him before he went after me because he's so popular and people were like, hey, Grant, you're like, you're like kind of going in Pat McAfee's lane because he's got this daily show on YouTube. It's like, oh, cool. I'll, let me see what another successful YouTube guy is doing. And he never talks about anything specific of football. He just stands up with his buddies and like yells and, and laughs about gossip and stuff. Like, yeah. I, it's not my kind of show. I don't know. I, <laughs> I just think, you know, he's, he, I'm sure he's doing well and good, good for you. But I would want to portray myself with a certain amount of dignity. Yeah. And this guy is, he's like the class clown. Yeah. So I don't know what his target audience is. It must be huge, but it's not, I don't fall into that. Yeah. I don't know. It's kind of people, I, I, I'm not judging, but and it's he not me. Like you. I mean, he, he doesn't like you, but he never met you. Right. Yeah, he's never met me. Personal comments about you, but it's not like we had him over for dinner. And Pat, it's not like we'd ever have you over for dinner. Right. And about my professionalism too, like he's upholding journalistic ethics when he doesn't, know anything about journalism he doesn't get his facts right and he stands there in a tank top and foams at the mouth but people like that kind of stuff <laughs> ethics ethics gi <laughs> jones says starting to feel like mcveigh loses in the regular season on purpose to save his buddy kyle possibility yes mcveigh is throwing games and they're gonna <laughs> yeah. yeah i i'd say that's highly unlikely I love when no, no disrespect, GI Jones. I love when fans give coaches the benefit of the doubt. Like, is Kyle having a bad season because he's purposely trying to? It's like, no, he's just not as good as you think he is. No, McVeigh's just not as good as you think he is. Like, these guys these should not guys be called. Try, try, these yeah. guys try very hard to win. And what's interesting to me is offense around the league is down this year. Uh, points per game are down two years in a row. Passer rating is down two years in a row. Which is crazy because all the the league wants more offense, more scoring, and all the, the rule changes support that. So why is it going the other direction? It's interesting. Well, I mean, less practice time hurts offense, but also how many of Kyle and Sean's disciples have gotten jobs around the league? I mean, their offense is the offense, and it feels like defenses are like, okay, uh, got it. Uh, <laughs> and now all of a sudden, it's not working so much anymore. And Salah is not a Kyle... Uh, offspring, he's not his a defense. Guy. He was a defensive guy, yeah. and there were a lot of games when he saved Kyle's push. So I mean, for the, the last ten years, I've been accustomed to basically offense being one step ahead of defense, and defense not really mattering. And the team that wins the Super Bowl is a team with the best offense. But now, it's a defensive sport. All of a sudden, I mean, are they going to have to change more rules to get more scoring or allow more practice time? What is the league going to do? It's very interesting. Uh. What? G-Code says... Well, and more practice time. I think that would help. Yep. That would help. G-Code Travels Vlog POV says, Will Kyle Shanahan use Jimmy Garoppolo NFC 2019 champ game 6-8 low attempt? Um, I don't know. He has too many good receivers to just abandon his passing game altogether. They, they need to be balanced. What the Niners offense needs to do is feature if at least five playmakers in their offense. They all need the ball equally, is what I would say. Name the five playmakers. McCaffrey, Ayuk, Kittle, Debo, Juszczyk. Yeah. It's five guys. And then Elijah Mitchell, too, if he's healthy. Ethan M. says, I'm out on Kyle until he proves otherwise. His team is too talented to have an incompetent coach. If the same mistakes continue, then he needs to go. Yeah, I mean, the, this, the team this year so far is inconsistent. That's all you can really say about it. Inconsistent, 4-4, four four, mediocre. Let's see if that changes. Everyone's expecting it to because they beat the Rams and had a week off. 
We'll see. My egotistic aura says all four losses to mobile quarterbacks, Fields, Wilson, Mariota, Mahomes, that's our problem. Maybe. Um, Herbert's mobile. Murray's mobile. So we'll find out. What do you think, Dad? I think uh, Murray's mobile, but that, that Arizona team, God, they suck. <laughs> they suck so bad. Oh, So bad. Watching the Cardinals and the Seahawks is like one team is well-coached, the other team has a clown for a head. No, I'm sorry, Cliff, but they're terrible. Now, Cliff may be a clown, but he's not a clown at, at, the, at the level of McAfee. No, absolutely not. No. Right? He's just a bad coach. You know, yeah. They're different kind of clowns. That's true. That's true. That's our show. You got anything else you want to say on the way out? <laughs> no. Uh, just said it, it was – this is my high point of my week. High point of my week, too. Uh, usually we have a game to talk about, but the Niners didn't play last week. Next week we will have a game to talk about, and as we point, as we said today, it'll be a diagnostic. So I'm looking forward to it. It will be a diagnostic, and I will have seen the game. <laughs> that will be the word of the day. Remember, he's getting inducted into the Jewish Sports Hall of Fame barrier. Northern California. Northern California. So congrats, Dad. Uh, <laughs> Eli says, Lowell, meet and greet venue stories are awesome. Thank you. He wants to do a meet and greet. Meet and greet. Meet and greet. Oh, I'm not meeting and greeting many people these days. It's I'm a little sort of, early for that. I'm sort of a shut in these days. Yeah. Maybe maybe next year in Jerusalem, Eli. Yeah. Thank you very much for watching, everyone. I'll uh, see you later. I love you, Geek.